Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher. Hello everyone and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I am not Clayton Fletcher, not nearly as funny, slightly worse at poker. Uh, I am Killing Bird, and we are back for a, an old-school-style version of the TP podcast. Clayton is on the road, I think, on the West Coast somewhere, maybe for like a circuit event or something. Who knows? Um, but I'm very excited to be joined by one of my favorite people in the world, TPE Pro and Mario Kart legend Danny M13. What's up, brother? What's going on, buddy? It's been a long time. I know, way too long. I'm excited to do this. I'm very excited. Uh, like, I, I don't remember the last time I did a podcast. Um, yeah, life just got in the way for a bit in, in all my poker uh, ongoings, but yeah, we're in full force right now, so this is cool. Cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you to uh, to fill. I, I, not only our listeners, but me, because you and I literally... I mean, we, we talk sort of superficially often, but right, <laughs> we haven't right. really caught up on life lately, so no, uh, fill no, us all definitely. in on, on what's been going on in, in the world of Danny and 13. Okay. Uh, personal life, um, my son is now over two years old. Um, Insane. And we, we've got another little guy on the way, another baby boy coming in June. Wow. So... That's, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so obviously excited about that. Things are insanely hectic, especially since uh, I now have a new role on OneTimePoker.com. We just launched a just launched a brand new site on the MPN Micro Gaming Poker Network. So that's uh, yeah, we're getting that going. So like. It, it's been it's been madness, and I'm back full time on the grind. So like, yeah, lots nice. of uh, lots of good stuff, man. How are you finding uh, the balance of obviously raising a kid, playing poker, doing your duties as far as an ambassador for one time poker? Is that easier than you thought? Harder than you thought? I, honestly, I struggled last year big time. I I kind of wasn't fully invested in playing poker I was my wife went back to work full time um and before like like I didn't really know how to go about things like if you're not fully committed to the grind it's really hard to be successful and now I basically said okay in the new year we've got new baby on the way we've got things settled with our our little guy now um I'm just going to literally go all in with work and grind and it's been working out awesome i basically just uh, you know I, I i either play or work pretty much all day every day i'm going to the gym and i'm just like you know i'm just i'm staying on track with that and i've you know punched some really serious hours over the past two months so it, it's it's hard to find the balance but i i feel pretty much better than I have in the past over a year now at the moment, so I, I'm, I'm quite happy where I'm at. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. It is tough. I um, <clears throat> Obviously, my son is considerably older 
than yours. But uh, but I mean, I played poker when my son was young, and I mean, it was a challenge mm-hmm. then. But he recently finished college and uh, has moved back in while he's looking for his first job out of school. And even now, at his age, I mean, he's literally an adult. But even yeah. now, like. I, Sometimes I'll be getting ready to grind, and he'll be like, "Hey, you want to go throw the football around?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> I would actually much rather do that. Yeah, than play much poker rather today. do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it's tough to find that balance. I mean, there's just so many factors, and and like we're really fortunate where we have the help from grandparents and stuff, and you know we have Lincoln and daycare now, so it's it's working out. Um, but for someone who doesn't have all that help, like the grind is. It's a very difficult situation if you're a, a pro poker player, um, especially if your partner works. Yeah, that, that always makes it tougher because, you know, if the baby cries, <laughs> you got to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, no, uh, yeah. So it, it's been a, it's definitely been a journey the past year trying to figure it all out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess things just kind of started falling into place and, you know, like, you had to make that conscious effort of like you need to set goals and and like the good thing too is that I I guess I had where I was half assing it for a year I I wasn't doing great and seeing results and and not playing so much after kind of getting burnt out from poker like you know I, I play I just played so much over the past ten years it's it was. It was almost like I needed the break to kind of motivate myself to to want it again, and I really want it now, and I'm hungrier than ever, and I'm like, I'm stoked. Like I, I thought that fire was go- was gone for a little bit, honestly. It was just gone. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody goes through those phases at one time or another, whether it's because family stuff gets busy, mm-hmm. or you know, you you get a different job, you know, like a quote unquote real job or yep. or whatever it is or you're just fucking tired you know yeah. <laughs> like well I, I mean it's, it's it's not easy to just sit in your basement or your office and and play all day long away from people you know like people don't understand the toll that that takes on on you you know if if you don't have a balance it will get to you at some point yeah right yeah there's so many people like who you know you hear it all the time like oh it must be nice you just get mm. to like, play a game mm. for a living and <laughs> Make all this money and blah blah blah, and it's like, oh yeah, you want to you want to trade spots for a couple of weeks, especially during a downswing. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I I put in a session yesterday that was just over twelve hours, and you know, I, f- sick brag, I actually managed to win for once. But it's mm-hmm. just like when I was done, I was just like beat, like tired, beat. like n- like nothing I had ever felt leaving a you know office gig. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. And that that also shows that you're into it too. Like, if you, you should be exhausted after your poker sessions because if you're paying attention and breaking down hands for twelve hours with five minute breaks to take a leak and get a sandwich, and like, <laughs> yeah. like maybe stretch. Like, it's it's not even a break. It's just like necessities that you you just going through the motions and then you're right back in the chair again. It's 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 tough, man. People don't get it. Yeah, that's why I sometimes as much as I don't enjoy cash games, I do envy cash grinders yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh, you want to put in a 2-hour session today? Must mm-hmm. must be sick. <laughs> if, if I put, go if, guys or yeah. you know, whatever like if we if we put I, in a, I, if we put in a 2-hour session, it was a massive failure of a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, the tournament 
grind is it's just it's kind of sick. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always I've always it's just the that, best though. I, I don't know. I love it. I, I really do love it. Yeah, you have to be a little bit crazy to enjoy it. You do. You absolutely do. But I think I think most of the people listening can relate to that for sure. Mm-hmm. So with the baby on the way, I can only assume that uh, there's not going to be a full summer Vegas WSOP schedule for you this year. No, no. I I don't know what will come of that. Uh, I guess it depends when he actually makes his entrance. But no, no plans there. Can't make them. Got to be, you know, family comes first for sure. Yeah, 100%. Sure. I, think, I think even for me it's going to be a little bit of a shorter trip this year. I don't even know exactly how long yet, but we're trying to make trying to make those plans now yeah but uh just things Eric, are what busy. happened man eight years ago we're sitting in a vegas house for like six weeks at a time with no <laughs> priorities and shit man god we grew up and got responsible it was a huge I know. mistake i know it's such a <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because we always talk about the fact that like you get so excited to go to Vegas for the World Series, and then by the end, you like can't wait to go home. And now that now that it's getting like to be tougher and tougher to go, like I want it even more. That's right. And I, I probably and, and I probably want to get home even more at the end. <laughs> yeah, like I want to be sitting on the couch complaining about my bad beat and then drinking my face off of PTs. Yeah. Like oh, oh man, good times. Good stuff. So let's talk a little bit about the one-time poker thing. I know uh, Big Dog's involved in that as well. Big Dog is certainly involved. So yeah, we uh, onetimepoker.com is officially launched on the MPN Microgaming Poker Network with partner Gig Gaming Innovation Group. Um, founded by Randy Casper, Casey Jarzebek, Ace AKA Big Dog Pocket Fives, um, and Jeff Maxson. Um, yeah, like they've also got. Management, which includes Anthony Taylor, former CEO of Merge, uh, which had crazy explosive growth under his supervision. Yeah. Lawrence Grandin, uh, Lady Lux involved, Country Ref for Canada. Yeah, so like it's um, it's awesome, man. Like I I really do have a lot of faith in this. Where we uh, just launched a a really cool promotion that I, I have. I don't think I've seen it done anywhere before. But basically, you have an opportunity to become a pro at one-time poker. So we're looking for three players to become one-time poker ambassadors for a period of six months. You get to represent one-time poker. You get the same gig that the ambassadors have right now. Um, And that's going to be running from March 7th to April 30th. Winner announced May 7th. Um, You don't really have to start necessarily on March 7th and you don't really have to play every day or promote every day or anything like that basically like they're looking for quality over quantity a couple more key points like it's open to all existing new customers you gotta be over 25 to participate Uh, you gotta basically to apply you gotta complete an essay conduct site engagement and carry out affiliate signups um, under you know like try to get players promote the site blah 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 yeah. so yeah it's basically what a pro would do and you just gotta you know it's an opportunity to get an ambassador deal like I mean if you grind at all if, if you're a grinder and you have social media accounts like this is a no brainer to apply it's just like 
it's a I mean, how often do you have the opportunity to become a pro these days? Yeah, Just, that's super cool. I saw you had you had tweeted it out and I clicked on it to check it out and I was like, Why do I live in America again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I I don't know. I, I think that's really unique. I think it's uh a great way to start and get people involved and that's kinda of like the site's goal too, like build the community, you know, take players um thoughts, ideas into consideration and, and be transparent and make it make it for the players, you know, like like right now just for an example, like our tournaments are ten percent or less rank. It's not all progressive super knockout, all that stuff. Like it's it's basically, you know, what people I mean, like what I want to be playing, freeze outs. Right. And I, I want to be playing freeze outs and rebuys and stuff. I don't I don't want every tournament to have some rake <laughs> hidden progressive blah blah blah. Like I, I don't know. It's just why overdo it like that? I, yeah. I don't know. It does seem like things have gotten way overcomplicated on live tournaments too. I mean, multiple mm-hmm. days, multiple reentries. You know, you can now you can enter the main event on day two. It's just like weird, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to see some sites going back to that, the basic formats, freeze outs, like you said. You, you know, you're not you're not playing against a pro who can fire twenty six bullets into the one nine <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, so where do people go if they want to check this out? Yeah, so the actual link, if you're looking to check out this promotion, is onetimepoker.com slash promotions slash become dash a dash pro. So, nice. Or you can just go to onetimepoker.com and check out the promotions, whatever is easier for you. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're looking to check out our ambassadors, like we've got... We've got a great, great team. I have mad respect for these guys. Shout out to all the hard work that you're doing. Um, probably our most recognized name, household name for online poker anyway, is Mike Dietrich, aka Pipe Dream Seventeen. He's got like, you know, he's an absolute beast over the years. Uh, I think he's just shy of like eight million online earnings. So sicko. And we've got a couple streamers. We've got. Chris the board, Chris Conley. Um, you probably know him, do you? Yep, I know Chris. Yeah, Chris is a great dude. Um, Jacob Montoya. He also twitches silly to a milli. Ewal Mar, uh, spewtard from Peru. He twitches a little bit now. Uh, we've got a couple UK girls. They're a lot of fun. Catherine, Eve G, and Sylvia Hewitt. And we've got Javier Sweat, uh, Svet. And I, I need to pronounce his name. The guys are all getting <laughs> mad at me, like because of my Spanish is not good. Was it Javier or something like that? <laughs> don't get much Spanish oh. up in Newfoundland. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Uh, he's from Chile of of Brave Tight. He's on an insane heater. Yeah, so like this team is awesome, and, and like just check them out, and and you can tell already that you know it's a great team to be to want to be a part of. So yes. that's promotion. Seems like a really good opportunity, especially like you were saying for Twitch streamers. Like, great way mm-hmm. to, to get a little extra recognition on the side and publicity, and grow your stream, and, and also build play. your own brand. You know, like yeah. who knows where it can take you? Having that platform to work with, and yeah, I mean uh, the resources you can work with and uh, work with the site and all the people involved. You know, you never know who you can meet along the way. Very cool. So yeah, so if anybody's interested. Head over to onetimepoker.com, click on the promotions tab or whatever, 
and check that out. Uh, speaking of Twitch, will we ever see a Danny M13 return to, to the Twitch streets? I don't know if you caught it, but I did a little uh, little wrestling type promo on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. You never saw that? Oh, no. dude. It's, I think it's pinned to my Twitter now. Um, it was for this Become a Pro, and I just decided to kind of like put in a little entertainment uh, <laughs> Twitch-type old-school Danny N13 nonsense, um, just to try to spice things up. That's but, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, once things get settled, I mean, everyone's working so hard behind the scenes, and, and I've just been, you know, re- I've been in the on the grind, man. So... We'll see. Yeah, I, I definitely like a drunk stream here and there. I, I was hoping to get up to Niagara with Casey in February. I just couldn't pull it off with Megan being pregnant and stuff. So yeah, but um, yeah, I get asked often about both you and, and Big Dog. Oh God! It's like, when are they coming back? We want the hot sauce shots. We gotta give our liver like a full year or two to recover from that <laughs> shit, man. No doubt, it can take a little bit of a toll. <laughs> well, cool. Um. So yeah, I think that's all the big news we got to catch up on for now, anyway. Oh, I also um, just launched a video series for TPE. Oh yeah, can't forget that. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. I kind of just um, I recorded a session that I played, and I ended up going deep in it, and then I narrated over the live session so I could like deposit and and. Uh, go back through hands and have the hot stats up and um, kind of see the live dynamic that went with it. So that was that was a little bit different of a format to do, and I end up, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, I think I, I end up winning the 1650 uh, progressive knockout and making a couple deep runs. So, yeah, if you want to nice. check that series out, that was uh, pretty cool. Very cool, yeah. Check that out over at tournamentpokeredge.com, of course. And... Uh... Actually, that reminded me of one other thing. Are you still doing some coaching, or is that kind of taking a little bit of a backseat because of everything else? I, uh, I coach a couple people, long-term uh, players that have built relationships over the years. But other than that, man, I mean, like, I'm basically the ambassador manager for the site. So, you know, we're, we're working to get all the tweaks worked out with uh, ambassadors and get everyone on the same page uh, a lot of, a lot of them it's their first time do, representing a site and um, you know there's a there's a lot to it there, there's a lot to learn in this business uh, that people don't really see you know you see like the social media posts and all that stuff but it, it's been really cool like, I'm learning stuff every day and I just it's it's really nice to get all this different perspective on how the online poker world works. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, I've always said like I kind of enjoy that aspect more than the actual game of poker, which is weird yeah. and <laughs> kind of why I started TPE. But um, yeah, that, that, I think that's just very interesting, and it's 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 cool to see more players starting to recognize that it's important to build a personal brand. You know, like you are your business. Like absolutely, you don't you don't, you don't have a, a well. Most of us don't have a company to like, you know make us into superstars like you you're the only person who can do it so mm-hmm. um you know and and pe- even for people who like think well i'm never going to get signed by such and such site or whatever well opportunities like this come along and if you had spent the last three years building up your social media presence you'd probably have a better chance you know exactly and and that's why you can use this promotion like if you are interested in this and getting involved in you know the business side or 
you know, representing a site and then building a site and kind of like, you know, you can give your experience and knowledge and help build a great site. Like instead of all these complaints and, and stuff that's never going to get looked at on Twitter, like you're actually going to have a chance to, to give your input and it's going to be respected. I mean, this team is just incredibly easy to work for and <coughs> excuse me. And I mean, you're, you're just not going to be heard in a lot of these big, big sites, you know, that's right. the beauty about launching a small site and building from the ground up. It's like, let's do something new and let's take everything we've learned over the years that does work and what doesn't work. And let's put it all together w along with, you know, everyone involved and their vast experience. And like, all of a sudden you build something really cool. No doubt. So yeah. So once again, if you guys want to check that out, head over to one time poker.com. Maybe, uh, maybe you can be the next one time pro. Absolutely. Right on. Well, um, let's jump into some strategy, shall we? We shall. So I got a couple of hands from my session this week, uh, including the first one we're going to do is, is from the, the Million Dollar Sunday that I played on ACR this weekend, which is a $540 buy-in. Million Dollar okay. guaranteed, something like somewhere around 200 grand for first. I didn't look because I never got close enough to worry about it. Um, <laughs> uh, is and that re-entry? Like, ACR is pretty re-entry oriented, right? Yeah, you can re-entry. Re-entry. Re you can re-enter infinite times for like the first I forget even how long it was like six hours or something it's insane oh wow wow yeah I'm not a huge I don't mind it so much at the lower buy-ins um, mm -hmm. just because I tend to just treat them like freeze outs and let people right. you know let people build the prize pool for me mm -hmm. um, but at the, in these bigger buy-ins I'm just not a huge fan of it I, I understand they have to do it to make the guarantee especially with a US heavy site but um, yeah I, I just, really wish that like the one re-entry rule is so solid in my opinion. I mean, like, like yes, you're going to get cooler, whatever, and, and shit happens. You get a bad beat early. It's, it's the same online or live in my opinion. Like if you like, especially live, if you travel and it's a huge guaranteed event, like, yeah, if you bust the first hand, you're going to, <laughs> like, it's just right. awful. And you should get another shot. I mean, you know, and same with online for, these massive guarantees. I'm fine with one of re-entry, but these unlimited bullets, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's just crushing the game in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I mean, it just, it obviously just favors the guys with bigger bankrolls, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 I can fire multiple bullets at a $500 buy-in tournament, but I only want to. <laughs> I know. I know. It's one tournament. So it's, yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's not ideal, but, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't worry too much about it. I just essentially just try to play my game, which is all I can really do, I guess. Right. Um, so yeah. So this first hand is from that million dollar Sunday. Um, you start with a hundred k in this tournament, and the blind started, I believe, one fifty three hundred. So you're super deep. Um, we had already doubled up by this time. Um, we coolered somebody fairly hard, I believe, set over set, if I remember right. Um, so you know. Knit, knits make hands and get doubles. That's what happens. Right. Um, <laughs> so we're sitting on 215k. So we have we have three, basically 360 big blinds at this point of this hand. Um, we have ace jack offsuit in middle position. The blinds are 300, 600. <clears throat> and I do have. I'm actually replaying this on my HUD, so I do have some HUD stats on our villain. So uh, if you have okay. any questions about that when we get there, you can. Mm -hmm. Ask that. Um, so it folds to us in middle position. 
Again, we have ace jack offsuit. Uh, we make it 12.99, so basically a min raise. Uh, and it folds around to the big blind, uh, and he calls. He starts the hand with about 90 big blinds. Uh, What's actually, the play like in on um, ACR when you're like that deep stacked? Is a min raise like ideal? Like, are you, is everybody calling, or in a 500, are they kind of just like an open is an open, and you kind of give respect to it? Yeah, I think in these bigger buy-ins, they, they get a lot more respect. Um, I tend I tend to like go closer to three x in the mm-hmm. smaller stuff, especially with my value hands, because you're just going to get callers almost every time. Yeah, like, I like that. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, if I had a, I think there's other hands I might have opened to a different amount with here. Um, but just with a hand like that's sort of middle of the road, uh, maybe, maybe if an ace check suited, I would even go a little bit bigger with. I don't know if it matters much, but um, yeah, this is pretty much my standard open in the bigger stuff. Okay, cool. Um, and for reference, I do know the villain, um, and it's kind of funny because I didn't know it until right before this hand happened. Uh, but this is a guy who some people might know. Um, he goes by High Hands on Twitter. Um, he was the guy that Daniel Negreanu put into the main event last year. Um, he's in a wheelchair. He used to stream awesome a lot. Yeah. So, again, I kind of found out it was him, like, just shortly before this hand happened. So now I know who he is. Um, and I do have 372 huh. hands on him. Okay. Um, and he's... It's funny, because I never realized he was this aggro. Apparently, because I basically apparently had played a lot of hands with him and just found out it was him. But he's he was running 33-25-12, which is pretty... I, I always kind of thought he was a little bit of a nit, but those are pretty... He's being uh, coached by potential now. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably so, is, he's probably picking up some things from him, because he's definitely stepped up his aggression a little bit. Awesome. So, there's now 34-98 in the pot. We'll call it 3,500. And the flop comes king-10-deuce... Rainbow, <coughs> um, and I, I'll say that I think, especially because now I know that this is high hands, and I know he's being coached by potential. Like I think he's mm-hmm. gonna flat a ton of hands in the big line mm-hmm. to a min raise, mm-hmm. like yeah, suited three gappers. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah. pretty much everything except like the bottom of the bottomest of hands. That's right. Um, so with that in mind, like I actually like this flop. I mean, there's two big cards that are better for me than probably him. Like if he has this like six seven suiteds and you know, eight, nine offs and stuff. I think this is a good flop for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he checks, and I bet fifteen twenty-five, which is a little under half pot. Uh, you cool with that size? Are you cool with the bet, I guess, first of all, and are you cool with the sizing? Yeah, I think it's fine. In position, I mean, the good thing about betting, when we get there, we control the pot. You fold out his small pairs, or his, like, you know, threes, fours, fives, mid pairs, whatever. For the most part, I think you're going to fold those out. Um, we can potentially double barrel them off of 10. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. This deep stack, I'm, I'm definitely fine with it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does call. So now we have 65-48 in the middle. And we see the queen of hearts on the turn, which puts two hearts out there and gives us the nut straight. Uh, we do have the jack of hearts just for blocker purposes, yeah, in case yep. it becomes important. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so we basically have the nuts, uh, and he checks to us. And I actually, for a second, considered checking just because our hand is so good. And if he did like just decide to like float nines or something, I just don't really want him to go away. But then I'm like, he's just gonna have so much like king ten, king nine, ten yep. jack, 
queen ten. Like he had all these like tons of hands that you know could or maybe even like some straight draws like jack nine. Maybe eh, maybe not that. But I just think he's gonna have a ton of hands that he can call with. And right. if he doesn't, we're probably not getting any more value anyway. Yeah, and, and the thing is too, like when you're this deep stacked. You just kind of got to hope that they have the piece of it. You know, like, mm-hmm. we're not going for the one or two streets of value here. We're we're going for, like, three with our value and potentially even triple barrel bluffing when we're this deep stack, too. Yeah. So I, I just, like, I, I'm not looking for that one street because that one street when you're 200 big blinds deep or whatever, 300 big blinds deep, it's just not going to change your stack. It's not going to change anything. If you go... Bet, bet, bet. You know that gives you f- even more firepower at the table for the next few hands or next few orbits. Right. Cool. Yeah, I agree completely, and that's why I bet. Uh, I bet thirty-five and a quarter, uh, which is a little above half pot. Uh, seems like an okay amount to me. Would you ever go bigger, just because we're kind of banking on him having a big piece of this hand, or? Yeah, yeah. You could you could certainly argue that. Um, and you might do that with like Asex of hearts, I guess. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, like a huge combo or something like that. You probably bet pretty big, anticipating folds a lot or getting there a lot. So yeah, I think it. I think it's fine. Like the sizing is certainly not bad. It's not too small. I, I think you probably could go bigger just because the stacks are so deep. Mm-hmm. But. Okay. Maybe like forty five hundred five k, but again, like he, I'm pretty convinced he has a piece. That's why, like, if he has two pair, it's really difficult for him to fold, just because you could have so many combos. Mm-hmm. So we want to definitely get max value. That that one bigger street of or second bigger street of value is pretty important in case uh, the river bricks. Um, yeah, I, but I, I mean, I agree with all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I think I could go a little bit bigger, but I, but I think the bet's basically fine. It is. Um, so now he calls, uh, which puts 13.5K in the middle. Um, just for reference so what now. What range pens do you, th- you put him on at this point? So I feel like it's, it's either King X or, like a, or 10X that improved, like maybe 10 Jack. Or ten yes. queen, yep. um, I think we can pretty much eliminate like all the small pairs, all the small, you know, anything anything he was floating with that was essentially air. I think we can just pretty much eliminate. So, yeah, have, like I, ace ace two of hearts or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely possible. Could um, have three twos. Uh, yeah, yeah. Could. Would he raise that on the turn though? Now that the board is getting a little scary, not 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 only because he wants to protect his hand, but just because if it gets much worse, I'm gonna quit betting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Since he's competent, uh, like maybe he's just calling because you can certainly have a straight or a better set. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah, I guess I'd never really thought about a set of twos, or I don't think it would be kings because I think he would have three bet that pre. So maybe ten. Out of the big blinds, I, I would, I personally would probably just call with a lot of my monster pairs versus you in this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the big blind, just because like, what what hands am I 
three batting you light out of the big blind with at this point. Right. Yeah, we're so point. we're so deep that unless you have like a decent pair that you're not gonna you're just gonna lay or you're just gonna flat in position or like hope that you have like Jack Ten suited and you're gonna call a sizable three bet because you're in position. Like I don't know. I'm just like like any hand like ace jack or ace queen, like I don't see the point of three betting that, so like that's why I would probably flat the top of my range too. Yeah, kind I think of that makes sense. Deceptive and keep your range wide as possible, and just go for a potential big pot. Because mm-hmm. like I just think we get folds too often out of you. Yeah, and yeah. and like I don't know, like it depends how often he is three betting. But out of the big blind, like it's just so face up, and he he knows who you are. So yeah, yeah I I think I think you can't, you definitely cannot discount kings or tens or whatever. Right. Um, are there uh, of those kind of hands we were talking about that he could have, especially like the king tens, the queen tens, the queen jacks? Are any of those hands that you think he would have three bet, or I'm sorry, that he would have check raised here on the turn? Or do you think even those hands he's just gonna check? Probably just just check calling this deep. Yeah. Because like, what's he gonna do? Like, why would he turn some of those hands into a bluff? Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And if he has all those, he's kind of blocking us from having yes. like worse two pairs and stuff. So he's mm-hmm. just going to kind of get us to fold a lot, I guess. Okay, because that's going to become important here on the river, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's move to the river, I guess. Uh, so, again, um, there's 13.5K in the middle, um, and the turn is a king of diamonds. So it pairs the board. The board is now two king, ten, queen, king. So we still have a straight, but obviously there's now a pair on the board. Mm. And he leads into us for 11.4k. <laughs> oh, boy. Leaving himself 36k behind. Um, so this is uh, this is a, a tough spot, obviously. Mm-hmm. I This is what my thought process was. And I thought about it for a while. I remember time banking and, and really thinking it through. And I'm like, I think... He, I made the mistake of thinking that he would have three bet all his like queen tens, king tens, king queens, all that stuff, uh, or not three bet. I keep saying that. Check raise those on the turn. Okay. Just because the board was getting wet, um, you know, straight potential. There's two hearts out there, flush potential. I just think like out of position. I, I know this is your thought process, but like out out of position. I think anyone competent is not going to put themselves in a really tough spot, even though it's getting wet. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think now that we kind of talked through that turn, that makes way more sense to me. In-game, mm-hmm. for some reason, I was like, he either has the same hand or he has King X. But mm-hmm. but I didn't think it would be a boat because I thought he would have checked those... or uh, Check-raised those on the turn. That's basically what I convinced myself of. And I was like, okay, so I have two options here. Well, really three. I can obviously call, but I can jam and try to get him to fold ace-jack, <laughs> okay. which he may or may not do very often, yeah. or or call with king-nine, or king-suited, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is that terrible logic? I think it's really good that you're considering all options. I think everyone's deep, not everyone. I think the majority of the population uh, 
just calls here and doesn't even consider that ever. Yeah. So I think that's really good because not that not that you're ever going to blow him off of a boat here, but I mean, you yeah, I'm, he, he could fold Ace Jack and the big lead like. Does he really lead that much with the boat? Ah, full house, man. That's what I was kind of trying to figure out. I'm like, okay, because then again, it kind of goes back to that whole if he, you know, if he has king queen or king ten or tens. I mean, I guess he could think I have a king since I went bet bet. Mm-hmm. And then you know, if he has a set or if he had flopped a set, he might go for value. Um, he could have also had queens and turned a set of queens. It's true. Could also have jack nine, I guess. But the big set, yeah, that's true too. But yeah, the big. God, he has so big, many combinations here. But again, like if if he has trip twos and fills up, um, does he bet eleven k with all the other potential full houses out there? Yeah, that's a good question too. Because what, like, then what is he? I mean, I guess he calls when I shove. But he can't love it. I, I don't. I don't think he does. I think it could be like a max value bet fold spot. Ah, uh, that's kind of right? sexy, actually. <laughs> and and that's another interesting theory where you're jamming Ace Jack because you get him to fold Ace Jack. You also get him to fold that particular full house. Mm-hmm. And I guess he could f- find a fold with it. Also, he could have trip tens. And then fill up two and potentially fold that. That would be kind of sick, but I don't know if he folds that. I don't know. That's a yeah. It's it was an interesting spot. I I definitely lean. But you're never you're never in his eyes. I don't think you're ever bluffing because you're a nit. Right. And he, yeah. And he knows that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet he does. Oh, and by the way, it, it, just to to clarify that point. So in this tournament, which him and I had been at the table together the whole time, I was running thirteen eight. Up to this point, so okay. it's it's relatively early in the tournament. It's yep. probably well, you're just not getting out of line in that kind in. of structure anyway. You're just not. Yeah. So like when you jam that spot, you're just not. The worst hand you have is Ace Jack. Right. And and that's a. I think it's very rare that you're jamming Ace Jack here. I, like, just because I'm not. I, I think the structure just like. I think we just call and not get too fancy with that many big blinds. It's just like, let's just win this pot or lose a decent-sized pot either way. Yeah. And it doesn't really... It's not detrimental to our stack either result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'll make it's, sense. Yeah, it's, that's a pretty tough, tough, tough river, though. But again, like, I mean, if he's going to take this line and he bricks, I mean... The the flush did break, so many combinations brick too. Like, and, and he could be betting Jack Nine for value here. So I, I don't think we can ever get away from it. Yeah, we're never folding, right? No, no. So I so I thought for a while, like I said, and I, I was basically just sitting there with my my mouse hovering over the call button. Like, well, I'm obviously sure. calling, but I was just trying to kind of think it through. And then I was like, well, wait, what about all those things that we that I thought about? Like, that's cool. Like, I like King that. X and. Can I get him to fold Jack Nine or Ace Jack? Um, and I ended up shoving, um, basically going <laughs> for it all. And he yeah. called very quickly and had the King Ten. Sorry uh, for the beautiful river to boat. 
Um, so I obviously regretted it in hindsight, but like you said, I was kind of happy that I actually like took some time to think it through, even though it re- <laughs> resulted in making a mistake. The only thing I, I guess it's like in a fifty dollar tournament or something not near as deep stacked and dra- not dragged out, but like really good structure. I mean, I think that's something you should definitely consider. Um, and I don't really mind you going for it. I, I just. I would tend to take a more small ball approach in mm. such a big, good structured tournament. Yeah. Like this has just so many levels, right? And that's why I don't think anyone's getting too out of line. Yeah, yeah. I think in hindsight, like even if I had say deuces here, I should still probably just call. Yeah, yeah. Like he just—it's just because I, I do think he's going to fold a lot of hands that aren't a boat. You know? And I also think, like, you know, playing in this field, it's why do we have to play against high hands when there's going to be that much better spots? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we don't really need to play the the ego game with this guy. Let's just either win or lose a mediocre pot and move on. Yeah, good point. Uh, like, you know, it, at at later stages when you know, picking up this huge pot or going for that sick value puts you in a position to win the tournament or something. I think it's a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's 13k in the middle and yeah. And I'm somehow trying to get 50k more in like, <laughs> it just doesn't really seem necessary, you know? Yeah. You're trying to get a hundred big blinds in and, and fold him off the same hand or yeah. get a superhero call when you're just like never bluffing. So like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So live and learn, uh, and then shortly later we ran tens and aces, blind versus blind, and uh, we went about the rest of our day. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have one more, and uh, and then we'll go to yours. Cool. Um, let me pull this up here. So this is just from a um, a six dollar rebuy. So it's not a huge tournament, uh, but we had gotten off to a decent little start. We had a decent stack. Uh, we are at 200, 400, which is still during the rebuy period, uh, and we have just under 15k. Uh, we are again in middle position, and we have pocket nines. Uh, it folds to us, and we make it 800, a straight min raise. Uh, I know that during this tournament I was super mass tabling, so normally I probably would have made it 899 like I always do, but. I was like 10 tabling, so I just went... I think with the given stacks, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it folds around to the big blind, who has 6,400, um, and he just calls. Now, the flop comes 8, 10, jack, all hearts, and we do have the 9 of hearts. So we flop, open in a straight draw, open in a straight flush wow. draw, and obviously we still have a pair of 9s as well. Um, villain checks... There's 2150 in the middle. Villain checks, and I have to check back. Um, I feel like our hand is just like so good that I don't really want to get him to fold yet. And this, the like, he only has 6k behind. us, 2k in the middle, so I don't think I need like three streets for when we do get there. But I don't know. Are you betting this flop like every time, or uh, I think uh, what does he have? How much behind 60k? I think I would just bet and shove. Yeah. I think, like, I, so I don't really see any reason not to. Um, our equity's going to be so good, he's going to get it in with, like, if he has the ace of hearts, he's going to get that in. 
and it's hard for him to win. Um, any jack he has from that stack size, he's just going to get it in for the most part. Yeah, I wonder jack. if... I, I think maybe I should have... <coughs> I should have treated it more like a rebuy. Like, I, I think I played the hand more like a freeze out. Because, yeah. because if, like you said, if this guy's an ace or any or ace of hearts or any jack or two pair, like, he's just going to get all those in. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, our equity versus any possible hand that he has from that stack size is good. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, for sure. So, like, I, I... Yeah, I would just... I would bet, like, 1500 and make it a pot-sized bet on the turn and just rip it. Yeah. Or just go with it if he does check shove or whatever. Right, right. So I, I decided to complicate matters because that's what I like. To <laughs> um, so I just checked back. Uh, and then the turn is the ace of clubs. Uh, and he checks to us. Now, I, li- I just like the card because it kind of could look like I had, like, ace-queen or ace-king and now... And, and I didn't bet, but now the ace comes, so now I'm betting. But and I still have tons of, like, equity if he decides to call or whatever. Um, so now I decide to bet, and I make it pretty small. I bet 538, which is, like, a quarter pot, probably. Um, this is bizarre. Yeah, I don't know if I like this. What? So, like, what, what are you trying to do when you bet that? Are you, like... I, I, I don't know, because I'm not even really setting up like a river shove for when I get there. <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I feel like it's more like, shit, I should have bet the flop. Is that Yeah, is that, that, might, have been, that might have been what was going through my head. Like, honestly, it could have been what was going through my head. Like, oh, it's like, wow. my hand is so pretty. Like, I, I mean, like, and an ace is coming, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm <laughs> supposed to do now. <laughs> and I could, like, like, I might maybe sometimes make this bet out of position, because I'm trying yeah, to just get yeah. into the river cheap, but I'm in position. I can literally just check back and see <laughs> and make yeah. my hand or not, you know. Yep. So I, yeah, I don't really know what I was trying to accomplish with this bet. I and if I am, I kind of feel like if I am in a bet, I should just bet bigger. Yeah, yeah. Just bet bigger and probably go with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I still don't think we can fold, even if he like jammed. Like if he jammed no. here over this bet, I think I would call. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to fold. I mean, open into straight flush is a good end, and it's good for the stream. They love it when you make straight flushes, <laughs> right? Stream um, equity. So yeah, so I made I, I made this crappy little bet, and he makes it two thousand. So he doesn't even shove. He just like now I've made it more complicated for myself because I bet so small that he I didn't even like let him shove. I just made him raise, and now I have to decide if I want to shove. What do you think he has when he raises to 2,000? I mean, I think he could have flopped a flush, although... Yeah, I mean, I guess he could have flopped a flush, and he's trying to... he's trying Now he's trying to create a pot that he can shove the river on. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have ace-10, ace-jack, ace-eight. I think those are all possible, because I don't think he... I don't think he thinks I flopped a flush here. Yeah. So I think those are all possible. Could just strictly have the ace of hearts, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a great turn if he has, like, Ace-5 with the Ace of Hearts or something. Yes, yep. Yeah, that's definitely very possible, too. That's what I would weigh in towards, I think. And in that case, we should probably just shove here, right? Well, no. We should probably no. just... I don't even know what we should do. <laughs> Fold? Yeah, this is, this, is a, this is interesting. Uh... I guess if we ever think he has like a black ace and like 
the seven of hearts or something. <laughs> but I don't think he would check raise those. So. No, I don't think so either. I mean, maybe though. It kind of feels like a maid flush or ace X with the ace of hearts. Mm-hmm. Because what's what value does he get by doing this with like two pair? And he's also going to protect. Yeah, he's gonna he's probably going to lead two pair, right? Yeah, that would probably make more sense. I don't think he's just going to let another card go by if he doesn't have a heart in his hand. Right. If he has a straight or if he has two pair, I think he's just going to lead out and go with it because you check. And he's just going to assume you have an ace, yeah. right? I guess queen nine is possible too. Like he just so he, he wanted to see one more. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it feels a lot like ace of hearts. It does. Uh, I like. If I had this much time to think about it, I would weigh it towards, like, he could have, like, Ace-8 with the Ace of Hearts, Ace-10 with the Ace of Hearts. Well, if he does... So if he... Well, yeah. That's the problem. That's part of the problem, is that he has some... Like... I mean, I don't know. He he definitely has something quite strong to be able to check-raise on that turn. Yeah. With that board after you check in the flop, like I mean, when you open, he's gonna assume your range is weighted towards some kind of ace x when you check that flop, right? Right. If you had any set on that flop, you're gonna bet. If you had an overpair, you're gonna bet. If like if you had two black queens, you're probably betting, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, and this does my bet does look like something like that, like queens or jet. Well, not jacks. But yeah, maybe like queens or like, but without the heart. Where I was just like, ah, oh, let's see one safe card and then we'll bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I saw a non-safe card, so I bet really small. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to see that river, please. <laughs> so I guess the the question now becomes: Are we like, if we're leaning him that heavy towards like the ace of hearts, are we just folding this here? <sighs> I mean, because we do still have our straight outs too. We do. But, like, the fact that he's check-raising, like, it just, it's like, I don't know what else he would have other than some sort of ace-heart X that he would be comfortable enough to check-raise here. Yeah. The funny thing about this hand as we're talking about it is that I I have not looked at the results, and I can't remember what he has, so. Okay, cool. Uh, we're going to find out in a minute. Um So, yeah, so I think maybe just folding here is actually bad. I guess just fold. Uh, <laughs> It's just such a confusing line, just because to me the standard would just be to bet get it in versus 15, 15 big blinds to yeah. start, six to seventeen big blinds. You, you know, you flop open it at straight flush draw, you just bet get it in. Right. Versus that stack, I mean, as the stacks get up fifty, sixty big blinds, if you took a line like this, things would be a lot different. Yeah, and this does this really uh, sort of shows how. You can complicate things for yourself so much by making a mistake. Yes, early absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, you would kind of think, oh, I have an open, open in the straight flush draw. There's really no way I can fuck this hand up. Like, let's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. let's just do whatever we got to do to get all the money in or whatever. But we, we fucked it up pretty bad, and I think folding is now probably best. Yeah, um, because, like, if you're if you're deep stacked, at least you can kind of compensate for a mistake because you can afford to call and, and see what the river brings or whatever. Yeah. And then reevaluate then, but... From this stack size, it's this is like this is so bizarre because 
he's only playing off 17 big blinds, and he's check-raising a turn with an ace. It's like, what is he putting off on? Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah, so needless to say, since we've decided that folding is probably best, I didn't. Um, I called. Um, so now there's 6.1K in the middle. And to make things even more interesting, we get the nine of diamonds on the river. <laughs> so now it's eight, ten jack of hearts, ace of clubs, nine of diamonds. And if anyone has forgotten, we have the pocket nine. So we've now we've now made a set, um, and a straight draw has basically gotten. You know, if you had a queen or a seven, if he has a queen or a seven, which is certainly possible. I don't know if it's super likely. I think I'm, I'm pretty content on the ace being like the nutty nut hand. Like, that just seems to be what he has. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, yeah, so there's not, we have the set, there's 6k in the middle, um, and he opens shove for 4k. Oh, boy. So now it just gets more interesting. I It's funny now, because now that we've kind of talked this through so much, I'm just so convinced that he has a, an ace of hearts that I kind of feel like we can just call really pretty comfortably. Yeah. I thought the river was a tough decision until we kind of talked so much about the turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Unless he has ace-queen with the ace. But I think he would have got that in Unless he flopped the flush somehow. Yeah, true. That, yeah. Flopping, like, king-queen of hearts here is definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, yeah... Even like six, seven hearts or something like that, I suppose. That those those combinations can make sense too. Yeah. But yeah, like the only thing that gets me is why is he so confident on the turn? Right. That's the thing. Like, how in the world is he check raising without a made hand or a very nutty draw? You know, like yeah. a very nutty draw. And we we like, blo- we blocked the nuttiest draw. <laughs> like he can't right. have ace nine, you know, with the nine of hearts or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Or ace nine with exactly. ace of hearts. So yeah, it's it's really weird to me. Um, and it, like he's not defending crazy wide off of seventeen big blinds. I don't think. Like I, mean, I guess he can have all like I mean he can have tens. No, I think he would have shoved all no, those. No, he shoves, shoves all those pairs pre. Yeah, so we can pretty much eliminate boats. He doesn't have. Yeah. Or, or sorry, it's sets, other sets. sets. We can eliminate yeah. other sets. Because mm-hmm. I think even eights he shoves pre. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's pretty much a made flush. Yes. Ace Some, hearts X. Sometimes a flopped straight, but probably not. Mm-hmm. Especially since we have. Two of the nine. Well, now there's three of the nines out there, so we, we can probably eliminate that too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's a made flush or it's ace of hearts X. I think at this point, just God, I don't like uh, since he can't have a straight and he check raises the turn. Well, he can have a straight, but it's, it's just really, really, really difficult. It, I, in my opinion, it's ace of hearts X. Or a made flush, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's pretty much all it can be. I guess one combo or a set of combos that we're kind of forgetting is like queen king with the king of hearts, mm. or does even he, the queen of hearts. Does he check raise that though on the turn when an ace comes? He's got to be afraid of the ace of hearts, right? You would think. 
If you're checking here, like, you, you check the flops, so, like, you could be golden, like, you could have, why can't you have ace-king of hearts here, or right. ace-jack with the ace of hearts, or... Yeah. <laughs> I... So I know what I do in the end, I, and I know the result, but I don't. I can't remember what he had. But I'm I, I mean, I don't. I don't see how we, after after the way this is played. I mean, when we hit our set, I, I don't see how we fold. Yeah, I kind from of this stack size, especially uh, since we've some show, we've shown so much weakness too. Like, yes, like checking the flop, betting like a, a wuss on the turn. <laughs> like yeah, like we haven't shown any strength at all. So he can try one to shove and get us to. One thing really important about this hand, though, like it's just you got to be really careful with your your bet sizing versus certain stacks. Like, do not allow them to make a play on you that's going to put you in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because like sure. he he can. He can even check raise this just, and, and he can potentially fold, right? Like, but if you bet, even if you bet twelve hundred, like he's not going to check raise and fold, right? So like it just narrows his range that much more. So it, it just puts us in a really weird spot. Like, I would like that's why we do this bet versus certain players when we do have it, so we can induce action like this, right? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. That's a really good point. Um. So I do call, and I win the pot, and now I'm going to reveal to myself and the audience what he has, because I can't remember. Um, Villain shows us the 4-5 or of clubs. (laughs) Wow, nailed it. Never got to do another strategy podcast. We we are great hand readers. (laughs) Wow, that's great. What what is he doing? What? Could he possibly pick a worse flop and turn to ever, like, turn into a bluff? Or not I mean, even turn into a bluff. definitely us for a loop there. I'm... I mean, although, I mean, to give him credit, if that nine doesn't come... Oh, yeah, we're, we're done. Like, if he shoves any other, well, uh, obviously other than the cards that make our Straight hand. Straight getting there, flush getting there, but yeah. 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 I mean, so, uh, maybe he's the genius. <laughs> wow. It's weird but too, yeah, I, I think the the main takeaway there though is that you know through bet sizing is how you break down a range, and if you give them the opportunity to outplay you and not gain information, um, you know, it can put you in a really tough spot, and we don't really want that unless we do have a made hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very good point. So. Yeah, so that was that nice. was very very interesting outcome. Wow, was not what I was expecting. Um, cool. All right, let's uh, let's jump onto your hand and then we'll uh, we'll go about our lives. All right, man. Um, I'll pull this up right now. So you want to walk us through like what this is and what tournament? Sure. And... Uh, this is the final table of the $22 Monday 6 Max 80K guarantee on Stars. Um, 9K up top. We're six handed, so it's, it's a 6 Max, so it is the final table. Um, I am second in chips, and the Razor is a massive chip leader. There's a one short stack on less than 10 big blinds. 
and two other guys are similar to me. So like you're looking at like I think it's like nineteen hundred to sixth, and then it jumps like five hundred bucks and a thousand bucks, and between first and second is like fifty five hundred and nine k, I think. So it's a pretty big jump. Nice. Yeah. So like, uh, do you want to read out the head history or? Um. Yeah. So first, I wanted to check something on your HUD. Is the thirty five your big blinds? Thirty five is my VPIP. Okay, I'm trying to figure out. Or do you not have? Oh, 50 big blinds. I see it. Yes. Okay. yes. I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to find the stack sizes because it's just easier for gotcha. me to think that way. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, sorry. It's, it's behind another window. Um. Okay. So yeah. So you laid that out perfectly. So let's go through the action here. Um. Un, well, did we mention that we're five-handed? Oh, sorry, six-handed. Six-handed. Yeah. yeah six-handed. Okay. Um. So, under the gun. Full. Oh, wait, wait. First, we have to do the blinds. Sorry. Big blinds, eighty thousand. Sorry, small blinds, eighty thousand. Big blind is one hundred and sixty thousand. I want to play poker when the blinds are that big. <laughs> um, you have the king of spades and the king of hearts, and yep. the action goes as follows: <laughs> under the gun folds, villain, who is as you said the big stack. Um, Massive stack, 105 bigs. Yeah, 105 bigs. Min raises to 320,000. And you are immediately to his left, and you have the King of Spades and the King of Hearts. You flat here. I'm curious to get your... I know you're a big fan of doing this with your big hands, and but, but I, for the audience's sake, I want to explain yep. why you think this is a good idea. And how much of it has to do with like the guys behind you? Yeah, it definitely has a lot to do with the guys behind me, because we've got a 10 big blind stack in the small blind, and if he decides to jam and Kate either calls or shoves, like I'm looking incredibly mediocre by flatting. Like he's just not giving me credit uh, for a monster hand mm-hmm. in this particular spot. And also like the the button has 42 bigs, the big line has 44 bigs. So like they have an opportunity to squeeze here because they're not going to think I'm strong. Right. You know, like. Uh, and and Kate's just gonna assume I have like a mid pair, a uh, a Broadway, you know, ace jack, something like that, um, ace queen even, and just kind of afraid to get involved with uh, him or her, Kate, just because it's a chip leader at the yeah. final table, right? So like I, I I'm giving myself an opportunity for squeezes behind. I'm playing under ripped, and I, I'm just gonna I'm likely to get. I mean, I might get flatted if I do three bet by Kate, but I, I just think this gives us more opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and like, how often are you? How often are you three betting the chip leader light? Right. Like in a spot like this, yeah. you've got a twenty-four big blind stack and a ten big blind stack. Am I light? Probably not. Right. <laughs> not at not at this point from fifty big blinds. If I get some more chips, like sixty, seventy, you know, maybe I can mix in one. But I mean. Most likely, I'm just not getting out of line. Yeah, and this guy looks like he's super active. So super active. So you're just so gonna, you're just gonna make him in the range and, wide as yeah, possible. Well. He's, he's just gonna fold all his crap that he's dealing yep. with. Mm-hmm. Um, but this gives him an opportunity to actually maybe flop something and get out of the line. So yep. yeah, I, I I like it. I wouldn't have probably done it because I'm. It's not as in my yeah. arsenal yep. as it is for you. But I, I like I get it. it. I like it, it for all the reasons you said for sure. Look, if you're if you're at a final table and 
you've three bet a bunch of times and stuff. I'm obviously going to be three betting kings, but this is toward the start of the final table. Like Kate is going mad here. I want to keep the range as wide as possible. I want the action to potentially open up again. Um, if if someone squeezes or if the ten big blind stack shoves, you know, Kate can monkey it in. I can win a lot of chips and put, give myself a shot to win the tournament. Right? Yeah. That's kind of what we're going for at this point in being in second place. Yeah, makes complete sense. The only thing I, I think one of the reasons that I uh, shy away from doing this more than I do, and it's not a good reason, but I think it is my reason or one mm-hmm. of my reasons, is especially now with with big lines realizing that they can call so wide to min raises, like we're just yep. giving them that much more of a price and inviting yep. them in, mm-hmm. and I I have this bad tendency to think of that as a bad thing. <laughs> I, I, well, it's I actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can put it can you get in tangly. some tricky spots. It can yeah. get super tangly. It's a risk-reward situation. I mean, like, if an ace flops, I'm just, like, shutting it down. I'm, I'm like, I'm not. I'm probably not even going to float one with kings. And mm-hmm. it sucks. And Or if it comes, like, 7, 8, 9, I'm just checking, like, mm-hmm. pretty much to the river and deciding, you know? So you, you've got to have the discipline. If you're going to make this move, uh, you, you know, you kind of got to be prepared for the worst as well. You can't just be like, oh, shit, I should have three-bet kings. I'm going to play off emotion now. I'm going to take that to the turn of river and, and just keep calling because I have kings and I'm pissed off and I should have three-bet, you know? <laughs> right. So you, you just got to be aware that this might not work out, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Um, so, yeah, so you flat the three players behind all fold. So we go to a flop... With about six, seven, eight, nine, I don't know, maybe like, oh, 976,000. Yep. I see it right there. Um, yeah, so just under a million in the pot. And the flop is a pretty good one for you. King of diamonds, nine of diamonds, six of spades. Top set. So top set. There is a flush draw and a straight draw out there, which I guess is worth considering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously overall we're happy to see it. Kate, yep. uh, the villain, bets 480k, which is basically half pot. Yep. Um, yeah, so this is interesting. I... This whole that. hand is interesting, in my opinion. Like, I think it's a good one for a bunch of different reasons. Like, A, pre-flop, and B, flop. I think there's just so many options involved. That's why I really picked, like, didn't pick it out. Yeah. It's. I have a feeling, too, like, I have a feeling that I'm going to do everything different. And I don't think and that's, that's fine. Good or bad. Yeah, I don't think it's well, a, you know. It, yeah, it, it depends on your style. I mean, you know what? I, I just think it's good because we do have two different styles and like how to go about something like this. There's not just one option to right to play a certain hand, you know. Yeah. Or even, I mean, I think we're going to take different lines the entire way. Yeah, I think that's probably the case, but. Uh, that's, that makes it more interesting, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. So I think, before we get to what you do, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I would tend to call here. Um, obviously, we are risking things a little... Well, hmm. now I'm looking at the stacks, and I'm trying to think of how we get this all in. And I'm not sure flatting is going to allow us to do that. 400. So there's going to be basically like 2 million in there now. Uh, maybe it's... No, I don't think we can get it all in. Yeah, maybe raising is better. I was gonna say flat. It depends a little bit on how much this guy's bar- how much he barrels. Like if he's been right. a, a habitual double barreler, then I might call. But 
I think now, yeah, now that I think about it, I, th- I actually do think I like the raise, which is what you opted to do. Uh, yep. Why? why what, what was your reasoning for raising? My, mine would be that I want to build the pot where I can get all the money in. I definitely want to build. Draws. Yeah, I definitely want to build the pot, and I also, I, I am kind of protecting my equity. I mean, it is a final table. If if I was in the mid stages of a tournament versus a spaz, I mean, I would probably just call here as well. But it's kind of tough to get stacks in, and I'm so underrepped, like. <clears throat> I could have a draw here. I, I'm yeah. my my range is more weighted towards a, a draw here, in my opinion. Like, yeah, when you flat pre, definitely some sort of diamonds and and maybe like king queen king jack suited. I'm raising to quote unquote see where I'm at in his opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes a lot of sense too. And and making it not crazy big can induce spazzes too. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm the boss here. I'm gonna re-raise you to 2.5 million and put you to the test. So like, if I can get that value, like that sizing might actually induce the spaz and allow us to get stack sizes in. Because if we just call like you're playing with fire, this guy could be playing any two cards. It's hard to narrow his range. Um, So raising does narrow his range a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think those are all good points, and I think, I think at first I was going to flat, but I just think based on how deep we are, I think I like I like the raise. So, and, and like you said, you made it not super huge. Um, he made it 480, uh, and you raised it another basically 700,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so you made it. Well, I'm not going to read that long number, but so <laughs> uh, you know, like, but but a smaller raise, which I which I think is cool because yes. it, like you said, you can get him the tool out. He's not going to fold. Probably too many like queens, jacks, tens, all that stuff. The thing is with his stack size, like he can call, he can call with any jack ten, queen ten, mm-hmm. seven, seven eight, seven ten. Like I just I think you want to get that value. It's really important to get that value and 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 also narrow his, his range so you're not just playing with complete fire if like the ten of diamonds peels off. Yeah. And then you've got seven eight to worry about, queen jack to worry about, like diamonds to worry about, and who knows like. You do have the spaz factor too. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. Um, all right. So that's gonna put about two point one three million in the middle. Three point one, somewhere in that range. That is gonna put three point three. Oh, I was somewhat close for being really bad at math. All right. So three point three in the middle, and the turn is the four of clubs, which is just beautiful to see. Isn't it? I, I love, I love. There's just, there are very few things better. Flopping a set is better, but then seeing a turn like that is almost as good. <laughs> it is true. Um, so now the board reads: uh, King of Diamonds, Nine of Diamonds, Six of Spades, Four of Clubs. We still have the top set, and our villain checks to us. Um, I mean, he called the street, so I don't see any reason to like slow down too much. Um, I would bet here for sure, which you do. I think I would have gone smaller, though. Well, yeah. So I'm kind of curious to see your thoughts on the sizing. So we said there was 3.3 in the middle, and you made it almost 2 million. Yep. Um, which is going to put, if he calls, 7 in there. Well, that's pretty good, because that's like a half-pot bet for you on the river. Which he might just, like, call with all those draws we just talked about, and then be like, right. oh, shit, now I... Uh, but if he has his draws... <clears throat> so my thoughts are kind of like... Okay, the pot is massive. Um, clearly in second in chips at this point. 
um, even if I just take it down. But it's it's incredibly draw heavy right now. Uh, I want to get max value out of those draws. I want to make them pay for those draws. And I mean, he could still be putting me on uh, a flush draw or some kind of combo draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right? you can still bet this amount and fold. Yes, that's right. So I think yeah. So we still give we still give him that spaz opportunity. Yep. Um, but we're also gonna still probably still get value because he's so deep from like like I said all those draws we talked about. Yes, I think we should make him pay for the draws. Yeah. Uh, like, but like not force him off the draws. But you know, if we're gonna get, if he's gonna suck out here, we're gonna make him pay for it on the turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, you know, you, he's more inclined to make the hero river call as well if he does have some sort of king, or he does have. Or maybe even like an ace peels off on the on the river and he has ace X of diamonds, right? Yeah, right. And and then he ends up hero calling and and you know we we kind of just want to keep building the pot. I, I definitely don't want to give him a free card. Uh, there's just there's way too many combinations and like, it, it, yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't see. I don't see us folding, but it would be really shitty if that ten of diamonds peeled off. Yeah, like queen jack gets there, seven eight gets there, diamonds get there. Like <laughs> that is definitely the nut low card. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm definitely I'm on board. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so one point nine two million is what you bet, uh, and the villain calls, which is pretty interesting. I still think it's just well. Yeah, I still think it's all those draws that that are, yeah. are the primary part of his range. But he can also have something like aces. He could definitely have aces. He could. I was just gonna say that, or he could have like king jack, and he's just like, yeah. How? I guess he could have king jack. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess. I guess we don't have that many kings at our range either, though. So maybe. Maybe he's just calling the whole way with queens or jacks. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right? really possible. Tens, like, how did how is he just giving them up to us? We could certainly have a draw here. Yeah, and, and the fact that we raised the flop, we're more so weighted to some sort of combo. So like, he's just playing it slow and hoping we give up, and he can it can go check check on the river. Yeah, that could definitely be planning him planning the fold to the third barrel, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, could've, he could have just had the Ace of Diamonds try to own us too. Yeah. Diamond peels off on the river, and he's just like all in. <laughs> yeah, <Shit>. that's true. <laughs> right. Um. All right. So yeah, uh, three point three, and then basically four seven. more. So seven point two or so. Yep. So seven point two in the middle, and we see the Queen of Hearts on the river, and the villain checks. Um. can't think of much reason not to just shove. Um, what calls us? Aces probably not, actually. I was just going to say aces call us, but it probably actually doesn't. Tough um, spot for aces. We don't get called, obviously, by any of the draws that all missed. You think aces just goes with it on the turn? Yeah, probably. 
because you've invested so much, and now they need yeah. to kind of protect their hand. Like we were talking about yes. protecting ours. They exactly. Need to protect those too. Mm-hmm. Um, might have even like, I mean, some players would even have just gone with it on the flop. Yeah. Yeah, uh, true. Just, just to, to give you two cards, you know, to give you the, the, the idea they, that you have two cards. I, I feel like at final tables, people are less hesitant versus raises in these weird spots because there are the set combos. Mm-hmm. Wait, It's almost like wait for a safe turn mentality and then get it in. Yeah. Right? That's a fair point. Yeah, it's a good question. What do we get called by? We kind of were saying that he can't have that many kings because we right. have them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not like it's not like he can have king-queen here where he's going to call. I mean, even if he has, like, king-jack, I'm not sure we get called by that. Right. Uh, we get probably called by nines. Nines gets it on turn two, though. Good point. As do sixes. Yep. Wow. This might be time for one of those patented Danny M13 win bets. <laughs> <laughs> think you're on to something. I think you're on to something. Like, if we're not, I mean, a, like, yeah, I, so we could just make this, like, maybe not even a min bet, but just, like, ridiculously tiny. A, we still give him that chance to spew. Or he just calls us because he wants to see what the hell we're doing, and he has so yes. many chips that it's worth it, and we gain, like, yes. three more big blinds or whatever. <laughs> yes. yes. So I kind of dig that. Please All tell right. me I'm right. You're you're pretty close. I bet I bet one point eight. <laughs> okay, yeah. So less than a quarter probably. Uh, about a quarter. Yeah, about a quarter. I, I actually if I had my time back I probably would have went like one million even. Yeah. And give him more spaz factor. Because I'm I'm giving ourselves a check mark at this point. Like I think if he had Jack ten, he's just gonna rip it in there and make sure he gets full value <laughs> instead of us checking back top pair. Mm, like yeah. Or That's King Jack point, or something like that. I, I just so I, I the diamonds brick seven eight bricks whatever. So yeah, I, I just like you said. I don't think there's. I don't know what we get called by for the full amount and spaz factor and and hope and I guess just betting that small small amount is worth the value. You know maybe calls just to see our hand with Queen Jack. Yeah. Right or queen ten or nine ace nine who knows yeah. jacks yeah and even though like if we're if we're pretty much convinced we're just not getting a call from a for a big bet like it might seem like kind of pointless to bet like one million or one point two but that's basically the stack of the short stack at the table <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so yeah. you know you you might not think it's significant but it's pretty huge and it's half the stack yep. of this, the other this next shortest stack so. Yeah, I, I love that. I think it's genius. I, I would have shoved here. I, I guarantee you 100%. I would have got super greedy. I mean, I shoved with a straight on a paired board, so you know I'm shoving here. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got so yeah. totally greedy and said, I will be the chip leader now, sir. It's just a prime example of breaking down ranges, though. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it is. It's like, if you're not following through with the plan, if you're just going through the motions and, like, not thinking about what they potentially have each street based on their action and how the action went and what you should have. And like, that's what costs you money in tournaments. And that's what allows really good players to be, to get ahead of good players. Right. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's funny too. Cause as I'm sitting here, I think having this conversation with you, 
I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I'm thinking about the the big debate about shot clocks and how long players take nowadays and stuff. Yeah. Especially in some of these like big buy-in and super high rollers and stuff. This is why. <laughs> this is why yes. they take so long because really good players spend this much time thinking about a hand. Hundred percent. Like they're they're, they're putting together the ranges. Yeah. All for minutes. You know. Yeah, and I and, and like I believe I'm, I'm like a pretty big proponent of shot clocks and I hate when I'm sitting at a table and some dude takes like two and a half minutes on the turn and then like makes a what seems like a pretty like normal bet or call or whatever but this is why and it, it shows you why some of the biggest uh, like guilty parties of tanking at the table are really good players 100% because like I wouldn't have well first of all did he call <laughs> yeah here we go he shoves whoa <laughs> no, don't tell me he hit the tin jack. Don't tell me he hit the tin jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you calling? Well, see, Obviously. yeah, now it's a whole other question. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if, like, if we're not getting called, well, no, we have to because we we made such a weak bet on the river. We have to yeah, call it. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, you got to follow through with your plan. Yeah. Like we said, we've already determined that if he had jack 10, he would have just ripped it in to make sure he gets full value and makes it look like a missed flush or whatever. Yeah. So, um,. Yeah, this was just the whole point of this bet is the spaz factor. I, I'm I'm kind of amazed that he makes the spaz when I only have 2.6 behind. That's why I kind of wish I win a million. Um, but I, I mean, we're just so invested at this point. Uh, we're giving him exactly one hand, right? Yeah. So um, that's crazy. I can't believe he shoved. Yeah. What do you think he has? I mean, Queens makes a lot of sense. Queens would make a lot of sense. Um, I just don't. I just. I just can't fathom it being ten jack for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. Unless it's exactly ten jack of diamonds. Diamonds. That's the only. That's the only way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I guess maybe king queen. <sighs> But that's hard for him to have. I have no idea what this guy has. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm dumbfounded with what he has as well. I'm he he has Queen Seven of Diamonds. Whoa. So I I'm pretty well. I ended up finding out that this player is a master blaster. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't I didn't really know that till after this hand, and he kind of went on tilt and busted like fourth or something. But but yeah, I I was. I was shocked to see Queen Seven of Diamonds because you think it would just call with the Queen with the showdown value, in case I had yeah. like Ace Jack of Diamonds or Ace right. Ten of Diamonds, right? Or even like lead with some kind of blocker bet or something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's just it was a really bizarre hand to turn into a bluff there. Like that would be, I just I would never ever in my life put that in his in his uh, spaz range. It doesn't no. make sense. You just make the call or or you make the blocker bet. I hope that I have, you know, I either missed or had Jack somehow or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. No. But, uh, yeah, so we ended up winning a massive pot. Um, so, you know, we did kind of what I said. It's like I, I flat there pre-flop. I give myself the opportunity for a spaz behind um, or – you know, if the shorty squeezes and Kate does something, you know, we've got kings, let's go for the win kind of thing. And, yeah, so 
And, yeah, and it goes straight to it. I mean, if you had three bet pre, uh, you, this hand probably never happens. He probably nope. folds and. Mm-hmm. And I end up going on to chop up the tournament for the most, like seventy three hundred. We chopped heads up. Nice. So, this was the hand. This was definitely the hand. It was steamroll after that. That was and, sick. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Dang. Well, that was three good hands. I actually enjoyed that. That was cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. Kind of got me wanting to play now, but I have uh, I have a road trip in the morning, so I have to get some sleep at some point. <laughs> um, but, dude, it was super good catching up, man. Congratulations on the new baby coming. Uh, congratulations on uh, everything going on with one-time poker. Again, for anybody who wants to go check it out, um, possibly even become one of their next ambassadors. Head over to one-time. Use your one-time. You got to use, use your one-time to become a pro, baby. <laughs> I've already used mine like eight times. It's never worked. <laughs> never worked. Hey, maybe anyone but Derek can become a pro. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah. that's great, man. Thanks for having me on again. Great discussion, yeah. and uh, good catching up with you as always, dude. Yep, definitely enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully I'll see you in Vegas. But if not, um, maybe I'll make it up to Newfoundland for the the moon thing that's going to happen. The <laughs> moon <laughs> thing. Nice. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, thanks again for everybody out there listening, and uh, thanks again to my friend Danny M13, and we'll see you guys all back here next time on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Love it, it's not rough, it isn't fun, fun Oh, wow